If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punch List MMA podcast. It's your boy Dale Levin in here with the, I usually call him the Flying Hawaiian, but he is dragging a little bit. He is low speed, high drag this week. Big week for the man himself, Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, buddy? He said it perfectly, man. I'm running on fumes right now. (laughs) I get it. I get it. It's been a long week been a very long week for you. I understand. I get it. I know we alluded to it before in a previous show, but the new addition to the Van Buskirk household has shown up. So you are dealing, you're, you're full fledged in the throes of newborn baby isms. I mean, how's that, how's that feel, man? It's been a while since you've been around a newborn. What's it like having a new one? I feel like a heavyweight going into the fifth round that had no training camp for 10 years. Mm, so you feel like great cardio. <laughs> great cardio right now. Great cardio. Oh, and to double down on this, not only do I have a three-day-old baby in the house, but I also decided that it would be really smart on Monday to go on a diet. Why? So, Why would you do that? Because our first kid we had, I was so stressed out, not knowing what I was doing, first-time parent, and you know, you lack of motivation to go work out, Mm-hmm. You know, to take the stress down, have a couple beers at night, mm-hmm. gained 11 pounds in the first like three months. And I was like, not this time. No, I want to be super dad front lines. Let's get it going. You know, 11 pounds is like my, the way my weight fluctuates, like on a Saturday, Sunday combo. Right. And you're talking about over three month period. I literally will fluctuate <laughs> 11 pounds on a Saturday, Sunday. It just depends on what I got going on. Dude, I, I don't want to be the majority in this dad bod thing, man. I want to be a stud. And given COVID and the cases that are coming out, going back to jiu-jitsu right now looks like the most farthest thing in the horizon. I can't even think of it. Yeah, they're getting ready to shut South Carolina back down. Um, I'm with you, though. I do. I, I, I will admit I need to do a better job of taking care of myself. Uh, and I don't know, man. Motivation's at an all-time low for stuff like that. I'm just uh, – I don't know. I got to do better. I got to do better. So anyway. All right, man. Well, well hold on. I know, I know what you're about to go into right now. And this is going to be even more torturous. You're about to talk about stay classy. And I'm fucking starving, dude. I am. I oh, am. This is the worst ad. Well, what I was going to say is, is that if you're going to start a diet and you are going to start turning things around, one of the things that you have to do is eat clean. Uh, and if you're going to eat clean and you are going to eat top-notch food you can do no better than going to stayclassymeats.com using promo code fist and saving 10 percent on your entire order um it's a truth though i mean eating clean is the easiest way to do it you know I, listen i did the paleo diet for a long time my wife and i after our, the birth of our first child we were like hardcore paleo nuts and um i dude i i lost a ton of weight uh, however, that's a very expensive habit to keep. I'd love to do the carnivore diet, eat nothing but meat. That seems more my speed right now. Um, 
And if you're going to do that, man, if you're going to take that carnivore plunge, stay classy meats would be the way to go. Could you imagine a ribeye or brisket or bavette from stay classy every single day? It'd be the most like self-indulgent hedonistic thing you could possibly do. That's the problem though. It's all in moderation. The problem is I'll go on stay classy's website and I'll choose uh, the bison box, but I won't say, yeah, I want the bison box. I want the whole bison, dude. Send me a bison. I don't care if it's live. I'll put it in my backyard. I'll chip away at it. I literally am so hungry right now. Full bison seems the only way to settle, settle everything. Right. Well, I mean, like you you have alluded to, they do have the bison box. They also have a burger and brat box as well that if you order uh, by tomorrow using promo code FIST, you can get uh, in time for 4th of July. Uh, So I encourage everybody to do that as well. And here's the other thing, man. If you're going to eat well and you're going to work out, you're going to lose weight and your shirt sizes are going to change. And if you're going to wear a shirt, you might as well wear the best shirt humanly possible. Trey, if I wanted to go from an XL to to a large what would you suggest I clothe this marble sculpture in? Well, probably black. I mean, that's, that's pretty – the whole world knows that. Put on black <laughs> and it will make you look 10 pounds thinner. I do what I can. Uh, but actually very fitting going into uh, 4th of July weekend is you want to wear something that represents you, represents your country. And why not do that with a USA-made, veteran-owned uh, clothing brand? Guys, go to allegianceclothing.com. And you're going to get that. You're not only going to get the sickest looking clothes on the planet, but something that represents you, represents the greatest country on earth. Um, guys, this is this is a clothing brand that I I love. I share with my friends, my family. It's something that's synonymous with who we are, you know, what we do from the action sports lifestyle to MMA. This is your all-encompassed poster child of clothing right here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I looked on their website today. Do they have masks yet? I don't know if they have masks. Everyone's doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find a great mask. Like I really want to find a great one before I p- take the plunge. Uh, our town locally here um, just passed an ordinance where you can't do anything now unless you have a mask on. You have to have a mask on. So I'm looking for masks. But all the same, even if I don't have a mask on, the amount of colorways and sizes and, and, and different shirts available on Allegiance.com, um, it's, it's fantastic, man. It's fantastic. What's that promo code again? It's punch and it's gonna get you 15% off site wide. Guys, again, they make hats, shirts, tees, shorts, everything, tactical wear, whatever you want. They have a broad spectrum and it's all really cool. So go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code punch and you'll get 15% off site wide. Perfect. All right, Trey, let's get into this, man, because we wanna touch on the prelims for UFC 251, but I also just kinda wanna talk about the state of the union of the UFC right now. We are in the throes of this post during COVID-19, I don't know if we're post yet, but we're pre-Fight Island, right? We have this lull uh, coming out of quarantine. Fight Island is just around the corner. The month of July will be showcased on Fight Island. Uh, we're getting there. I mean, this was something that, you know, in April and May, everybody was hyped on, but we've had bangers of events all year long that has sort of made Fight Island just kind of sneak up on, up on us. So let's start with this event last weekend, headlined by Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Contender for fight of the year. Let's get your thoughts about that fight, takeaways, anything like that. What do you got for me regarding Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker? Well, first off, before I get into Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker, I have to say there's something like you alluded to in the air of the Apex Center. 
we've gone back to back events where at the Apex Center we've seen fight of the year um, contendants. We've seen, uh, you know, obviously when we saw the Shane Burgos fight go down, that was something that just, you know, brought eyes and almost comparison to the Weile Zhang and um, Yonajin Jacek fight. Like people are talking about, well, maybe not from a holistic perspective because it wasn't a title fight, but was this fight, which wasn't a title fight, is this a contender? And I think that this one had a lot of ebb and flows. I look at the Weile Zhang and Yonajin Jacek fight, that was through and through back and forth. What we saw in this fight with Dustin and Dan was we saw a little bit of give and take. We saw Dan Hooker kind of fall after round three. Cardio wasn't there. And I don't think that's cardio because of a lack of training. I think he had a quick turnaround from his previous fight um, against Paul Felder. But I think more so it's just the onset and the onslaught <laughs> that Dustin Poirier with his in-your-face boxing does to you. It will just drain you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this, going into this, we've had four, and you've mentioned three out of the four. We've had four so far in as many months contenders for fight of the year. Joanna and uh, Whaley Zhang, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, yeah. Josh Emmett, Shane Burgos, Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker. Who's getting your vote for fight of the year at this moment? I, I still got to go with uh, Whaley and Joanna. Yeah. Um, I just think that the back and forth was they didn't step off the gas pedal. Neither did Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier um, or Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. But there was something about the level and the um, tacticalness from round one to five that we saw in Ioana and Wele's fight that was just pure. It was pure mixed martial arts. There wasn't much brawling. It was back and forth, technical striking. But the level and cardio was out of this world. Yeah. I think the stakes are what do it for me sometimes. It's like the story behind it. It's the stakes. It's it's what what people are walking into the cage with. You know, Joanna is continually trying to climb back up to that mountain. Wele is trying to solidify herself as legitimate as a champion. Uh, with the Tony Ferguson-Justin Gaethje fight, these are both guys that feel like they're the best in the world, and they're just dying for the opportunity to prove it against one another in a shark tank. Uh, and then Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker is that guy that's on the outside wanting to belong, right? He's willing to do what it takes to make himself relevant amongst the big fish, to make himself relevant amongst the sharks. And Dustin Poirier wants to stay at that spot where he's been, where say, you know, outside of Khabib, I'm the, I'm the, the next one to beat. like, you know, Tony, Justin, you guys are having your moment in the sun. One of you will get a shot at Khabib next. However, it's me. It's always been me. I'm going to be here still. Um, you know, if, if Dustin Poirier loses that fight to Dan Hooker, he's, he's now relegated to, and I, I mean this with all due respect to Paul Felder, he's relegated back to fighting the five, six, the seven, the nine guy again. Mm -hmm. um, and it puts him two, three shots outside of a title shot. Whereas realistically, because you know he got banged up during that hooker fight, he could sit back and say, I want to fight the winner of Khabib and Justin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and nobody's going to say, yeah, you shouldn't, right? I would like to see Tony fight Dan Hooker. That's who I would like to see. I know a lot of people are pushing for Poirier versus Ferguson. I want to see Tony fight Dan Hooker. I think Dan Hooker is an interesting stylistic matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I completely agree with um, in association to stakes 
and how that would stake the claim and association to fight of the year. But you know what also makes it really that much more kind of the sprinkle, the cherry on top is that one kind of prolific uh, incident uh, that happens within these fights that makes it look that much more, there's a better way to say this, that much more grotesque, that much more gnarly. And, you know, we looked in the Tony Ferguson fight with him shaking his head, you know, in the last round, like, oh, man, he's barely there. We looked at Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier. His eyes completely gouged up, and it looks like that thing's going to take 50 stitches. Joanna looking like a goddamn alien after her fight with the hematoma. I think that the mixture of technical striking plus the implications and what we saw from a physical aspect post that fight just made it that much gnarlier. But... Outside of that, I wanted to get a. I want to ask you this. So, following that fight, you sometimes, whenever it does involve the Mystic Mac himself, you like to kind of just jump in there and do a little bit of poke of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you, you very clearly called Conor McGregor out and said, "Hey," because we all know that sometimes these infamous tweets will come out post really amazing mm-hmm. fights like this. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything from Conor, but heard something from you. Yeah. Which is anytime, and I, LeBron is guilty of the same thing, right? Um, it they're shine stealers, right? Where they know that they're in a position that everything that they say and do is news, and more so, especially in a landscape that that doesn't really have that many outright global superstars, they realize and understand the pull and the gravity of the things that they say. And Connor is notorious for stealing somebody's shine because something will happen. And then the news then becomes, well, what does Connor think about it? What did Connor say about it? And not what actually happened. Um, and even with the Tony and Justin fight, he had something to say to try to take and detract away from the effort by Justin Gaethje. However, with the Poirier hooker fight, he said nothing. He said absolutely nothing because at a certain point, you realize that it's it's okay to sit there and talk, right? But at, at a certain point, you're, you're going to grasp onto this idea. Well, I need either need to put up or shut up, right? Like you can talk about how oh, I had all this perfect, I had this perfect plan for a five fight season and all this other nonsense. Everybody else is adapting and overcoming through adversity and continuing to, to show why they are top-level competitors or guys like this are trying to show themselves as the best in the world. They're continuing to fight and overcome and persevere and showcase skills and talent that prove what they say about themselves. Connor doesn't do that. He says that he's willing to fight anytime, anybody, anywhere, but yet he has never done that. He's been handpicking his opponents since the first time he fought Dustin Poirier. He only fights when he wants to. He's openly admitted that the UFC will offer him three or four people, and he picks who he wants to fight. That's not fighting anybody, that's not fighting any time, and that's not fighting anywhere. He picks his spots. Now, noticeably, over the course of these last lightweight fights that continue to get showcased, he's becoming quieter and quieter and quieter because your most recent win came off, off of a washed-up Cowboy Cerrone, and prior to that, you hadn't won in years. So you can't talk. You cannot talk. You can't sit there and go, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, because nobody's watching Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier fight and go, yeah, Connor's going to have an easy time with those guys. Nobody. Outside of the most robust Connor fanboys. Nobody. But how, how much of it is actually 
is it Connor choosing to not fight versus the UFC preserving him? And the reason I say that is because there's no gate, there's no concessions. Connor McGregor doesn't do empty stadiums. That's not him. That's not what the UFC brought themselves to a new echelon on with rising COVID cases. It doesn't look like, you know, a, a fan filled stadium is anywhere in the near future. And they know that the fight that would be made during that time would be the Khabib fight, which Khabib shows no interest in. It's one that he can't obtain based on rankings. I think with a lack of fans in a stadium, a no Khabib fight, is there really anything for him out there? Do you think a Dan Hooker is the a Connor Echelon fight? Do you think a Dustin Poirier, one that he already won, is a Connor Echelon fight? It's not blockbuster. It's not that great. I do think it would be great from a a fight fan perspective, you and I, but the general casual is not going to care about a Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Well, the problem is, is he's, he's sleeping for so long on, on being active that nobody's going to move the needle. Nobody's moving the needle. If you put Conor against them right now, if you, you can do, Oh, well, Conor, Conor needs to fight Khabib again. Well, that fight wasn't competitive and Khabib doesn't want that fight because it wasn't competitive. And there's other people that have, that have earned that right more. You made the point the Dustin Poirier fight. Okay, sure, that might not that that might not be you know the big needle mover, but you can't put him up to welterweight because anybody in the top five of welterweight will maul him. You can't put him against any of these guys at lightweight because they're either fighting each other or they've got fights booked, and he's not going to make featherweight again. So there's nothing else you can do with him. He has literally talked his way into a stalemate where his stock is continuing to go down. If he was smart, and this is my opinion, and I, I completely concede your point about the gate, right? And the gate is one small aspect of it. But in a time like this where there are no sports and the NBA has not started back up yet and the, the MLB Players Association has just agreed to a new season, if he were to have fought on UFC 250 against anybody with these guys, it's the biggest selling pay-per-view of all time in anything, boxing, pay, MMA, anything it would be the biggest selling pay-per-view of all time so gate be damned it's the greatest selling pay-per-view of all time if he fights on 250 doesn't matter who he fights he could fight he he could fight some dude on the street it doesn't matter if they bring him into ufc 250 it's the greatest biggest selling pay-per-view of all time which he says that those are the numbers he's obsessed with and those are the things that he likes your money is no longer where your mouth is now it just sounds like you have a mouth that's it right but well, what the UFC is definitely doing to compensate is they're loading cards and call that, you know, a lack of fights and trying to squeeze as many to get back within season for 2020. But on UFC 251, we have three title fights coming up and we have a very, very stacked prelim card. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an absolutely stacked prelim card. It's a lot of fighters, you know, um, for lack of a better way to put it, a lot of foreign fighters that weren't able to make, you know, the trip to the U.S. due to travel restrictions, things of that nature. So, it, it, you know, we're getting to see a lot of guys that and girls that wanted to stay active that don't necessarily train or are from the U.S. that are able to make it work now because they're having fights in a foreign country, which is what makes Fight Island so great. Let's talk about some of these prelims real quick because, um, we, you know, there's a lot of other stuff to get to uh, in, in terms of what's happening, you know, in MMA. Finally, we have news. Finally, we have stuff to talk about, which is great. But let's cover some of these prelims. We're just going to go over them, not necessarily picks, but just stuff that we like, things that, you know, things to keep an eye on. First one we want to talk about, dude, is Roman Bogatov taking on Leonardo Santos. I like Leonardo Santos, 17-3. and Bogatov, 10-0, and undefeated, out of M1. Uh, you were saying that 
of all the people that you think will actually go in and execute a sound game plan, Bogotov's your bet to get it done. Yeah, I mean, it's scary. Obviously, anyone with a 10-0 record um, is no joke. Coming out of M1, though, before signing with the UFC, that's legit. This guy has great ground game. And when you look at someone like, you know, Leonardo Santos, it's it's one of those guys that his takedown defense is really not there. I've gotten a little bit gun shy because of this last fight where we saw Mickey Gall and um, Mike Perry fight. A guy that needed to execute the takedown didn't do it. That makes me a little bit worried. But Bogotov knows, you know, this is what he needs to do. He's seen it in other fighters that haven't been able to get it to the ground. He's going to get it to the ground. I think his submission is his way to victory. Yeah, my only thing with Leonardo Santos is how infrequently the guy fights. That's really the biggest issue that I have with him. I mean, he very rarely fights. He's very rarely healthy. Um, he's only fought three times since 2015. We're in the middle of 2020. That's not very active. I mean, no. we're talking. I mean, we're talking about a guy that took three years off between the time he fought Adriana Martins and uh, fought Stevie Ray. Now he came out and he knocked out Stevie Ray in the first round, which is great. But that's such a weird, long lapse in time. Like from a guy in the early 2010s that was fairly active to just completely falling off the map. That's that's what has me concerned with taking a guy like Leonardo Santos. Um, but we'll see how it plays out, man. What do you think? I mean, I just I just think you got to look at the record and how how their record's been bolstered. And like I said, uh, Bogotov, he's 10 and 0 five of which were all submissions. This right. guy knows his game plan. He needs to execute it. And a guy going against a guy who you can exploit from a takedown perspective all day. All right, right, right. All right, next fight, Makwan Amir Khani, Mr. Finland, uh, taking on Danny Henry. Makwan Amir Khani at 15-4, and four, Danny Henry at 12-2. and two. I like Danny Henry in this fight, man. I think he's got some quality wins, the loss that he has. Uh, in the UFC to Dan Ige, come on, man. We're already seeing the, the loss to Dan Ige. It's nothing to scoff at. Get Dan Ige getting that main event spot against Calvin Cater coming up here pretty quick. Um, but Makwan Amir Khani coming off that loss to Shane Burgos, who just had fight of, fight of the year contender with Josh Emmett. Uh, notable cardio issues, but he's a creative striker, ready to bang, not afraid to not afraid to engage, and he's a submission threat too. Makwan Amir Khani is the real deal. I just don't know if he has the discipline necessary to get a w here yeah and back up real quick amir khani cardio issues galore but i i still can't figure out is this octagon is it on the beach or is it not it does look like it's on the beach okay so regardless of their obscure times which i heard could be as early as like three in the morning pacific time mm -hmm. outside of time being a huge issue and crutch I'm curious from a cardio perspective, the heat there is out of control. I mean, yeah. a guy that doesn't have the greatest cardio versus another guy who's, like you said, he's Dan, Danny Henry has had some great wins over some really technical strikers. I think that if he can get in there and he can play to his game, I think that Amir Khani has a huge issue on his hand. Cardio aside, I think that Danny's a real deal here. He's got great technical striking. He can move around. Um, I mean, I like him coming in, I mean, 12 and 3. If you look at Amir Khani, when he fought Shane Burgos, dude, he was outstruck. Well, it was 101 to 12. Yes, bad. Significant strikes. Yes, like, bad. It was, really bad. It was a joke. Yeah. Or 100, 102, 105 to 22. I mean, Danny Henry, while he hasn't fought the caliber, I mean, he's definitely fought those that are, are tacticians and technical. I think that strike for strike, 
I like Danny in this fight. He has actually decent takedowns against a guy with failing cardio. This looks pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'll, I'll be interested to see next week how the lines tighten up before we actually start making plays on any of these. I want to see what the lines start coming in at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely a pretty interesting fight there. 12-2, and two, Danny Henry is somebody to be concerned with um, in the featherweight division. All right, Muslim Salikov taking on uh, Ilizu Zaleski Dos Santos. We're just going to call him Zaleski Dos Santos on that first name. Just makes it sound like I'm sneezing. Muslim Salikov is no joke. Weird, twisted up Andre Arlovsky style nose, but Muslim Salikov 16 and 2. Zaleski Dos Santos 22 and 6. Dude, for the longest time, man, I'm not going to lie, I was on the Zaleski Dos Santos hype train. Was absolutely on the hype train with him, and then he has seemed, uh, seemed out of it lately. Um, I think this is a bad matchup for him here with Muslim Salikov. You know, it's funny, Salikov's name is King of Kung Fu, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, his strengths you know, lie on the ground. I think that's yeah. pretty funny. Um, I think, you know, Dos Santos, when it comes down to power, the guy holds a lot of power in his fist. And like you yeah. said, a lot of people jump on the train because that guy can be a train. He can yeah. run through people. But a lot of times when you hold a lot of power in your fist, you also leave a lot of vulnerabilities. This is another guy, and I feel like this is very redundant in a lot of these fights, but get it to the ground. You know, and this kind of coincides with actually the octagon being on the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on how your cardio is doing, lay and pray. Get yeah. down on the ground. Don't move around. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, we've seen Muslim Salikov do really well against creative strikers. Um, you know, obviously, Ricky Rainey, kickbox, world kickboxing champion, Salikov did really well with him. Uh, Nordin Talib can be creative at times, but Talib's another one of those guys I think will just never realize his actual potential inside the octagon. But then Loriano Staropoli, the dude from Argentina, is a super creative striker, and Salikov shut him down. It was like clean sweeps on all the cards. Um, it was bad. He really shut him down. Aleski Dos Santos, uh, is a super creative striker as well. Like you said, carries power in both hands and both feet. Um, Muslim Salikov has it, the track record that would indicate that he can get this done. Um, so I'll be really interested to see next week what this line ends up at um, because I feel like possibly a play on Salikov might be uh, inside the, you know, in, in the works here. But let's, let's finish this up. The featured prelim of the evening, light heavyweight action, Volkan Uzdemir, 17-4, taking on Jiri Projaska. Uh, just Jiri. Uh, <laughs> Jiri Projaska? Yeah, there you go. 26-3-1, <laughs> 20, a little bit more experience over Volkan. Uh, this is a unstoppable force meet and an immovable object right here, man. Two guys that want to bang. Um, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> so Uzdemir, obviously, we know last time fought December 2019, uh, taking, I think it was a short notice fight against Ray Kick. Um, but yes. um, yeah, I think uh, Jerry, I mean, the guy's name should be Jesus Christ, dude. This guy can come in. It's, <laughs> it's, kill, it's kill or be killed, dude. He's one of these guys that comes in and bangs for the fences. And it's one of those guys that also can leave himself super, super vulnerable. A guy that you know, he has literally 26 wins and 23 of them are by knockout. Right. His guy has got hands of stone. Um, you know, Uzdemir is not one that you're going to put out, though. And he's smart enough to not get into these firefights. So this is a quintessential, you know, almost like a debut type guy versus the veteran. Someone that's been there before, been in front of the big show, able to move around, play to his strengths. 
Jiri's got to be a little bit careful, not get into these firefights. But if he does and Uzdemir actually wants to engage, whew, it's going to be a crazy night for Volcom. Yeah. I mean, here, my, I guess the big question that I have for, with, with this Yuri fight is level of competition, right? And I'm a big, I'm a big believer in experience. I'm a big believer in level of competition. And I just don't see Yuri having the same level of competition, right? Like CB Dalloway's most recent fight. Yeah, CB Dalloway fought in the UFC. That's great. Fabio Maldonado again fought in the UFC. Um, but like guys like Brandon Hall or Brandon Halsey, Jake Hune. I don't necessarily think they're on the level of anybody that Volcans beat in the UFC. He's got, you know, Yuri's got a loss to King Mo that he avenged, but he's, you know, he lost to King Mo. He lost to Satoshi Ishii. Anybody that's like a who's who or has a wealth of experience more as far as quality of competition goes tends to get wins over him. Um, so I'm with you. He is a wrecking ball of a human being. Mm -hmm. But are we seeing that wrecking ball hit? already compromised buildings or is he knocking down super uh superimposed structures so that's my big concern going into this fight you know this the, ryzen is not the ufc ryzen has ufc caliber and quality and even more so talent at times um but the guys that he's fought i'm just not sold on them being like world beaters yet so now if he goes in there and starches uzdemir I'm on a train, man. I'll put the conductor hat on. I'll do, do, or we'll get it going. Um, and that's a big statement in a division, in my opinion, that needs more more blood, needs more talent in it. Light heavyweights squandering right now. Um, it's just kind of a round robin, if you will, between Reyes, Jones, Santos. Who else? <laughs> yeah. Jan, Jan yeah. Blahovitz. I mean, that's really, this is what, you know, the fact that we can't sit here and name, you know, the top 10 light heavyweights right off the bat, a resurging Glover Teixeira. The fact that Glover Teixeira gets second, a second wind, right? He came around again. Like, he's like, like Glover Teixeira is like a locust. Like every 17 years he shows up and he's relevant again. But that's where we're at. That's how thin light heavyweight is so yuri comes in and he starches uzdemir sure why not let's get it let's get it popping but i'm not sold on it till i see it um but we'll see what that line ends at because i think you might be able to get depending on how you're leaning here somebody's going to be available at a freaking bargain of a price yeah and like you said i feel like we've had a lot of these splash in the pan type fighters like everyone wanted the johnny walker to be the next guy you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're hoping that Jerry's going to be that next guy. But mm -hmm. when, in fact, they do fail, they kind of falter and kind of hang out in that 10 to 15 spot. And like you see, we just see this kind of laundry of, like, you know, circular motion, whether that's Corey Anderson, Glover, Anthony Smith, you know, Alexander Gustafsson still in there. It's the same people for the past, like, five years. Nothing's yeah. changing. Nothing's evolving. You know, hopefully this is something different. I think that, you know, like you said, it's level of competition. He hasn't had that. Here's the first test. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, so cover prelims next week. We'll do the actual main card itself, um, and then we'll solidify if we're going to make any prelim plays. You guys have heard our thoughts on it. want to get your thoughts on something, Trey. And it's a little bit off speed for us, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Something that, in my opinion, was arguably as newsworthy as anything that Conor McGregor could or should have tweeted on Saturday night. Um for those that did see it before Instagram removed it, 
a superstar showed herself on Saturday night, man. <laughs> uh, man, sadly, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not sadly. So Gina Carano, as those of you who are unaware, um, went full frontal. Well, side, not full frontal, side. Silhouette. Silhouette uh, on Instagram. And Instagram removed it. Oh, Instagram removed it. Instagram removed it. I she thought she removed, removed it. No, 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 no. Instagram removed it. So, uh, so, so here's where here's where I have a problem with this. Right? Is that Paige is able to constantly post whatever she wants. Instagram thoughts are able to post constantly whatever they want. Gina, who has a lot at stake here between working with Disney and all of these other franchises actually puts up something that does not remotely come close to the other things that we see on there and they remove it. Is it because of relevancy within the MMA landscape? Is it because of who these chicks are? Like what, what, I mean, it's MMA, so it's news and something I want to talk about because I hate censorship and I don't like the government telling me what we can and can't do. What are your thoughts on this? Should they have removed that? Do they have any right to remove that? Well, was it the government or was it some formation of a Karen out there that was that was complaining? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's Instagram. They're never going to tell you. I've been banned from posting on Facebook for forever, and they won't ever tell me why. So, Well, Gina, after that post was taken down, which, I, again, I had no idea that Instagram actually took it down, she put up a nice quote by Prince, and it said, I find freedom sexy. I find freedom so sexy. I can't even explain it to you. You wake up every day, and you feel like you can do anything. All I'm saying is I just saw the word sexy three times and I saw her post and my God. Right. Well, here's what I understand. And again, this is the argument that was made a couple of years ago. You can take a picture and you can put it on Instagram and your nipples can be out. Right. Yeah. She can take a picture, put it up and you can see the silhouette of a nipple and they remove it. A nipple is a nipple is a nipple. It's too hot, dude. It's a hot nipple though. But that's just it though, is if I take a picture of an up close nipple it's just a nipple. Can you tell the difference between my nipple and Gina's nipple? Yeah, I have a question. What 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 if I decide to free the nipple? Are they going to censor me? That's what I'm saying. Is they're not going to, which isn't fair. Well, that's because I've got some brown sugar around it. Nice little chest hair action. Well, this leads me to my next thing. You need to bust out that lawnmower 3.0 and take care of that tray. <sighs> I know, I know. We're in quarantine though. Who's going to see me? Well, it's not a matter of who who is going to see you. It's who does see you. And you know as well as I do, if you're going to make yourself the best version of you, like you said, you're on a diet. So if you're on a diet and you're going to trim up you you know, or slim up, you might as well trim up. And the only way you're going to do that is using the lawnmower 3.0. And the lawnmower 3.0 is nipple safe. It is. It's got that, it's got that fantastic guard on it. And it's like I told you, if you're not going to be able to wear a black shirt and lose 10 pounds – what you need to do is you got to shave it down and tone it out. And that's the best way to do it is the lawnmower 3.0. Guys, if you go to Manscaped and type in our code PUNCH, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. They've got a bunch of knickknacks you can do from your foot to your chest to your balls. Whatever you want, they've got it. Coming out of this quarantine, everyone's going to look like a Yeti. You don't have to look like one. <laughs> you absolutely do not. All right. Speaking of Manscaped, dude, do you want to give away some Manscaped stuff? Yes, I do. I do. Excellent. Excellent. Before we do that, uh, let's go over what the parameters of the contest were. Uh, we asked those, if you listen to us anywhere, 
uh, to go and leave a review where you can. If you, if you can, um, include your name or handle and write something so we can see it. If you can't, reach out to us via DM or one of our Instagram posts and let us know that you got it done. And I appreciate everybody that actually did that. However, Trey, before we get into the review that won my heart uh, and thus wins the prize pack, I want to talk about I want to talk about an individual first. Um, I want to talk about this 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 guy Mark something or other. Okay, uh, Mark something or other decided to leave us an iTunes review. Um, now, admittedly, it was a one star review, and I expect listen. You want to leave us a one star review? That's fine. You are entitled to your opinion to leave a one star review. He's not the first person to do so. He will not be the last, right? And that is what it is. My problem is with is with what he said. He said that we went 0-2. We did not go 0-2 last week. We went 1-1. There is a distinct difference. Now, he also said that based upon this episode, it sounds like they're getting worse week to week. Now, are we in a slump? Yes, we have been in a slump lately, but are we... One day away from getting back on track. Of course we are. Our record speaks for itself when it comes to that. But this indicates to me that he only listened to our episode, only one episode. He literally, that episode was the first one that he listened to. And even then, he did not follow through with making sure the bets hit before he wrote his review. So you're not in the position to comment on anything, you bag of dick. Like that, that's just that you're just not in the position to comment on it. If you don't listen to the show, you don't consume the content and you don't even apply it correctly. You're in no position to talk about anything. We explicitly said over and over last week, two official plays, Poirier hooker over uh, and green Volante under and the under missed by 40 seconds. Now, a miss is a miss is a miss. It still loses money. I get that. But to write a review saying going 0-2 before you even finish the night of fights or you didn't pay attention, and it's your first time listening to the show, that's absurd. You have no idea the quality of the content, the time, anything like that. So to you, Mark, if you listen, by all means, take your one-star review, put it on a skewer, add some stay classy meats to it, and shove it directly up your asshole because you don't listen to our show. You don't know who we are. You don't appreciate good content. And if you're right, man, if there's other MMA shows out there that you find better, go listen to them. Because I'm going to be honest with you, man. Your review doesn't make or break my paycheck, and it doesn't make or break whether or not I'm going to make this content because there's thousands of people out there that do enjoy our show. So if you don't like it, either make one better or just shut up because your opinion's not relevant. That was gorgeous. I just don't like people like that. I just don't. If if you said I've been listening to these guys for five for four weeks now, and it's this, that, and the other, constructive criticism, I get it. But Mark, you don't follow us on Instagram. You don't follow us on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. I looked for you because so I wanted to reach out and try to make it better, figure out what what's got what's got us drawing such ire out of you. But you don't. You don't consume any of our content except outside of one episode. So. This isn't going to come to shock you, but that review didn't, was not selected um, for the Manscaped prize pack. Uh, however, uh, I did put all of the reviews that were already on there. I did put all of the reviews or all of the, the names of people. I added it um, as if, 
you know, they were, I put it into um, this program on the computer that allows you to randomly generate names. Wait, 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 hold on, Dale. We're not giving the Manscaped package to, to Mark. No, 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 no. If he, I want him to have my nuts fully hairy. Well, no, I just figured he's the biggest dick out there. Might as well mm. utilize them. Is there not enough battery life? No, there is. So the lithium ion battery on the lawnmower 3.0, I believe you can get 12 hours of cut time on that. Okay. So for what's probably a five foot one, you know, pussy, well, who actually is a dick. I'm not going to size shame because I've met some, I've met some short Kings out there. You know, you can't, you can't help the genetics in which you were born with. If you're short, that's fine, man. Um, so let's not size shame them. But Good call. What, what I will say is, is that, um, you know, I've already said everything I want to say about this guy. Uh, like I said, he's not even the only one-star review that we have on iTunes, but for some reason, this guy just really got my goat. So I just want to go in on him a little bit here. Uh, but anyway, be that as it may, no, Mark is not winning our prize pack. I put, all, I put all the names into a program, hit randomly select, and it selected a, a user by the name of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce this. I'm not, I'm not going to say it right. I'm going to go with, it's a a Judy a Judy a Judy chop a Judy chop a Judy chop it's it's a and then it's like the word Jude but like spelled out like the name Jude spelled out really long and then chop it's like ah uh, Jude chop chop yeah okay Judo chop sort of yeah I guess something to that effect so whoever that is. Shoot us a message on Instagram. Send us an email at chat at punchlistmma.com and hit us up with your address and we'll send you the Manscaped prize back. Perfect. Guys, Congratulations. Uh, golf clap. Yeah, golf clap for that for sure. That's also the sound of my balls on Mark's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, to, to kind of piggyback on what Dale said, um, we are so fortunate to be supported by such amazing sponsors. And we've been working hard on this. You know, Dale and I both have a family. As you know, I, I just had another kid. Dale has three of his own. Um, you know, this is something that after our day job, we come It's something that Dale's been an analyst for some time. I've been involved in the sport for forever. It's something that we love to do and we're passionate about. And we happen to be really good at it. You know, sometimes we have days and, you know, that don't go too well, but we rebound, we come back stronger. All we ask is for support and, you know, this is a great environment and one that we can share with you that's not biased. So if you want to communicate with us, it's something you want to support and help wave the flag that is Punchless MMA, you can do that on all social channels. Go to Punchless MMA on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are everywhere. And Dale will literally talk your ear off if you have anything to say about Conor McGregor. So if you are a fanboy, reach out Punchless MMA. Yeah, and we got merch coming soon. Yes. We got merch coming Still. soon. Super soon. We will have shirts, hats, beanies, whatever. If you like the Mike logo, it's only going to get better. And uh, we've got we've got some fantastic stuff going away. So a lot of giveaways will be coming up. And a lot of it will be merch-related giveaways. Um, so get ready for that. And then UFC 251, let's do another beer giveaway. Another beer money giveaway. Mm-hmm. I like it. IPAs okay. or are we going regular lagers? Well, since we can't actually gift beer, it, mm-hmm. we'll do like we did last time. We'll just give them money, and then they can buy whatever they want. Corona, just ruin everything again. Which, speaking of which, Money Man Dan. 
He came he out of his name. Dude. He, he came. Name. He came out of the woodwork. He took the beer money, but the, I don't know if the man ever bought beer with it. I mean, listen, I would be more happy. I, honestly, it would make my tiny heart sing if he put the money on a bet. And the bet won. That would make me really happy. But Money Man Dan, reach out to us, dude. Let me know. Let us know what you did with the money. If you bought beer, let's see that beer. Put that on an IG post or something like that. And, uh, you know, tag us in it so we can share it on our Instagram. Dude, like, let's, you know, let us help you. Let's build, let's build this thing up. Yeah. Hopefully let it ride. That'd be pretty baller. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, all right. Next next weekend, we'll do, uh, we'll do a beer money. We'll do a beer money. I like it. Um, so keep your eyes out. We'll do a post this week showcasing what you need to do for the beer money giveaway. And then next week, going into UFC 251, we will announce on that episode the beer money winner. Love it. Let's do it. Outstanding. Trey, you got anything else for the people tonight, my man? I do not. Thank you for all that support. Um, we love you, and we are going to come back super strong next week. Uh, UFC 251 in an outdoor octagon. Well, we didn't even go anywhere. I didn't say we got to come back strong. We didn't go anywhere. We had an off week two weeks ago, and we had a 50% week this last week. I didn't go anywhere. I'm not doing anything, man. We're, we're winning bets, dude. I don't. There's no fight. There's no fights this weekend. We're, we're on a vacation. We're on a vacation anyway. It doesn't matter. All right, guys. Be good to each other. Take care.